This is part five of the series, The Just Factor. This perfect praise. Just perfect praise. Matthew 21, reading verses 12 to 16. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David. Well, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of infants and children? You have ordained praise from the lips of infants and children. God, I scared you, sorry. God has ordained praise. Now, if you were to look up this passage in different translations, you would read it this way. You have prepared praise. You have created praise. You have made your praise complete. You have brought forth praise which is due. But the most common that we read is this. Out of the mouth of babes and infants and nursing babies, you have perfected praise. In the dictionary, the word perfect means brought to final excellence. And this morning, this little child, Dante, is going to be the teacher. And this morning, the teacher is going to share with you a principle that if we can adhere to this biblical principle that Jesus is teaching, never again will you be the same. Never again will I be the same. If I can not only preach this word this morning, but practice this word, I will never, ever be the same. But I'll be transformed day by day. Every day will be exciting. Little babies, little children are great teachers. In fact, our nursery in the lower auditorium is growing and growing. We need a bigger nursery. Our church is being run and governed by precious little children. So this morning, Dante, at your young age, you're the teacher. And we're going to be the students. I'm going to put this back in your mouth as a little soother. And we're going to learn, whoops, from you. Can you teach these people? He's saying, yes, I can. So, Dante, you're the teacher. We're going to listen to what you have to say. Yeah, I think he nodded. <laughs> well, it has officially happened. I'm 55 years of age. But at my age, 55 years, never do I want to be 55 years old. But I want to be 55 years young, 
55 years young, I will gray up, I'll grow old, but I pray that I will never, ever act my age. Never. And this scripture that I've just read to you tells us and explains to us how each one of us can have a happy and joyful, positive, smiling person no matter what age we become. My dad was a great teacher to me. My dad never became a miserable, old, mature person. Never became crusty with age. But my father was always happy. It seemed like the older he became, the happier he was. The older he became, the more he laughed. The older he became, the more jokes he told. And even when he got older and he'd get the punchline in the wrong spot, I'd still laugh just as hard because I laughed at my father. I saw the expression. I saw his smile. My father was like a child. My dad lived this biblical principle every day. Every day was literally a new day for my father. He would sparkle his way through each and every day. See, sometimes the older we become as adults, the smarter we think we are. The older we become, we, the more we think that, well, now that I've become a mature person, I can teach the younger ones what I've learned over the years. And yes, you can with many things, many principles. The older we become, the more we think these little ones should listen to experience. Listen to maturity. Listen to what I have to say. Because we, as adults, we have a goal for little infants and little children and those that are younger than us. We want them to grow up to be just like us. That's our goal. What do we say to and maybe about bubbly new Christians? We say to them, just settle down a little bit. You're too hyper. You're too joyful. You're too happy. You're too spontaneous. And so we want them to mature a little bit. We want to teach them, hang around us a bit, and we'll teach you maturity in the faith. Jesus is about to throw a curveball at us this morning. Jesus is about to tell us that we've got to reverse our thinking. He's about to mess with our minds. In fact, he says, I don't want them, I don't want the children, the infants, to be just like you, but I want you to be just like them. Have you heard the song on the radio? Now it's a song that's being sung, and he's saying, the father's saying, son, I want to be just like you. In fact, he's saying, I'm learning some valuable lessons by looking at my young son. There in my scripture, Jesus first addresses these mature, these experienced, and these seasoned adults. And he is steaming mad. This is righteous anger. Because these adults were messing up his temple. Messing up his temple with maturity. They were messing up his temple with humanistic mindsets. They were messing up his temple with an infiltration of the world. They were messing up his temple with a loss of spiritual respect. 
They were messing up his temple with a loss of holy appetite. Over time, these adults tainted his temple and the whole purpose of gathering together. So what Jesus did was he cleared maturity out of the temple. He cleared maturity out of the church. And his actions shock a lot of people. That Jesus could become angry like that? That Jesus could speak that kind harshly? Is that the kind of Jesus we know? Yes. And I'll tell you why he chose and did that. It's because he was so spiritually passionate about holy purposes and perfected praise that he had to do this because he wanted to teach the adults a great lesson. And after he cleared maturity out of the temple, then we read that the little ones, the little children began to trickle in. And maybe before that, they were outside saying, I don't want to go in there. Maybe they were saying, I don't want to ever become like them. But the children came into the temple and praise and worship flowed from their lips. And they shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. And then the chief priests, and it's remarkable to me, but the Bible says they saw the wonderful things. They saw the wonderful things that Jesus was doing, and they saw the children, and they became mad and upset themselves. They wanted to ban the children. They wanted to blame the children. They're going to wreck our church. They're going to wreck our temple. Keep them quiet. Oh, parents, get in here. Control those little ones. We don't want them to get too excited. We don't want them to spill their apple juice on our nice, polished gold. And that jumping around, little ones do, it makes me dizzy. The jumping around and the shrills that come out of their mouth bothers my ears. It might knock over some of our furnishings, silence them. They shouldn't be here. They were indignant, and Jesus looked straight in their eyes. And he says, have you, let me put in brackets, teacher of the law, they should know the scriptures. Have you ever read Psalm 8 and verse 2? Haven't you read what the word says? The word says from the lips of children and infants, you, speaking of God, has ordained praise or perfected praise. From infants, God is accepting and from adults, God is repelling. From little babes, God receives perfected praise. It's perfected praise because God is saying it's pure. It's excellent. It has no flaws. It has no worldly influence. It has no age attached to it yet. It has no worries and fears connected with it. It has no human reasoning associated with it. It has no maturity that can possibly ruin it. And so God was saying, it's just perfect. It's just what I want. Now, after reading this, we've got to get some applications of how it can apply to you and I where we're living today as adults. Number one, here is uh, power fact number one. Perfected praise is first praise. Perfected praise is first praise. See, perfected praise is first time around praise. First time you discovered that God wants you to praise him. What was that like? Perfected praise is beginning praise. 
Perfected praise is untainted, unblemished praise. Perfected praise is immature praise. Just perfect your praise this morning, this Thanksgiving Sunday, and you'll never be the same for the rest of your life. Now, the Bible says that 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, that we are brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You want all things to stay being new? Perfect your praise every day. You want every day to be exciting? You want every day to be unbelievable? You want the wow factor in your life? Then perfect your praise. God is telling us that this morning. Now let's go back to the infants. There's some um, marvelous, powerful infant characteristics little children have. One of them is that they're so spontaneous. They're so spontaneous that they'll actually, you're going in the mall, you get the shopping cart out, you put your little child in the seat, and you're going down the aisle, your little child will actually look at people and smile and say, Hey! And you'll say, don't do that, don't do that. Turn around, we're on a mission. No, the fathers say that, we're on a mission. The ladies, well, I won't say Look this way, but don't talk to strangers. So he silenced the little ones, don't. Little ones. They laugh for no reason. The least little thing will make them laugh. I remember the, the season when my two boys were in, and they're really small. I could say anything. They laugh. And once you get them on a roll, you know what it's like. They just seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they start laughing harder and harder and harder. Just say boo, and they'll start laughing. They're so spontaneous, they just break out. They never wait until they get home for a more appropriate time to let out a squeal or a big loud cry. They won't wait. It's not, they're not organized like that. They don't plan that way. They're spontaneous. Sometimes little children are not allowed in sophisticated adult functions. We, we, we don't want the little ones coming to this particular meeting we have this evening. We're orderly and we're mature. We don't like sudden and unpredictable outbursts in this gathering. Keep your little ones home. This is adults only. Some meeting places are like that. We, 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 we try to get them in a box when they're very, very young, don't we? Poor little ones. Here's what they hear from adults all the time, even moms and dads. We say to them all many, many times over and over. We say, hush, be quiet. It's what they learn from us. Cover your mouths. And here's a good one. Could you have waited until you got home to do that? No, I couldn't. Control yourself. We say, don't run in here. Stay in this little small room. Listen to your mother. And just wait until I get you home. That's what little children look at. Just all you ever say. And when they can't speak, that's what they're trying to say to you when they're very young. You know, some, it's just not within little children to be mature just like us. It's just not within them. They're just so spontaneous and they're just so happy. Let me tell you why. It's because they are simply thrilled with life. They are so glad to be here. 
They're so glad to be able to walk around. They're so glad to be able to stretch their arms. Why? They've been in cooped up in a small area for nine months. I'm just happy to get out. And everything is fresh. Everything is exciting. And that's why the smiles on my face. They're as free as a bird. Their mind is uncluttered. Their mind is so open that God can flow his purposes through them. It's their first time. First time around. Little children, like, they're like springs and coils. You can't hold them down. They're like a jack-in-the-box. They just pop out. On springs, they bounce everywhere. There's no order. A little butterfly, you're walking down in your backyard. Your little child is small, and they see, look at that nice little butterfly. And they'll stop, and they'll admire it, and they'll... And we grab them by the hand. Come on, we're going to the car. Come on, we got to go shopping. Come on. But they are just so focused on a little butterfly. In some ways, age has not worked to our advantage as adults. In many ways, of course, it has. But in some ways, it just hasn't. And that's what I want to focus on this morning the ways that it just hasn't worked for us. For example, our praise. Our praise as adults has become sophisticated and become grown up. Our praise has become dependent upon circumstances. I'm having a good day this morning. Everything's going my way. I'm singing the song. Therefore, I don't mind looking up and thanking God for it. But get up on the wrong side of the bed. Someone can't find your other sock. Or whatever, spill your coffee like I did this morning when I came in. Oh, it's going to be a rotten day. Yeah, if you say that, you'll live up to fulfill it. And so we depend, if circumstances have to be just right. Because we're mature, we're adults, and if conditions are just perfect, yes, I'll worship God. Yes, I'll sing that song in church. Yes, I'll praise his name. Her praise has become... Dependent upon how other people treat us. Our praise has become dependent upon whether we have all that we need. If, our, if we have no needs, you know, sometimes if we have all we need, we forget to thank God too. But our praise has become dependent upon whether we feel like God has come through for us. Oh, God came through last week. And so, yes, I'm going to worship him. But if he didn't, uh-uh, not this, not today. Our praise has become controlled by what people think. So mindful of everybody around us. So mindful when we come to church. What will someone else think if they hear me worship God or if they see me raise my hand? What will others think? Babies don't care about that. We need to be spontaneous again, just like a little child. Unthinking, unrestrictive, uninhibited praise needs to flow from our lips. No wonder Jesus highlighted the infants in Matthew 21 and verse 16. No wonder he identified them and pointed them out. Little babies don't need to grow up to be just like us in all ways. But what Jesus is saying, when it comes to worship, when it comes to praise, they don't need to grow up to be like you. You need to get down on their level and become just like a child. 
So the babies, infants, are the teachers this morning. Now, let's go a little further and take this point to the next level. Here's a power fact number two. Do everything as if it were the first time. Do everything as if it were the very first time. If you did, if you practiced this this week and was conscious of it, you'd be living every day for the rest of your life and just keep practicing and practicing and practicing it. You live every day of your life in new discovery land, just like a little baby. Nothing would ever become common or boring or ordinary to you again. If you treated everything just like it was the first time, you might say, well, okay, the major things we can, but what about in the minor things? Yeah, it doesn't matter, big or small. Everything as small as when I come to church every day, I've told myself I'm never going to park in the same place twice in a row. I've been doing that for four years now. And so every day coming to church becomes exciting. I know I'm like a little baby. Where am I going to park this morning? It's a big parking lot. No cars there. Where can I park? I've Sometimes I've parked there. No, I'm going to move somewhere else. Move over here. Never the same place. Why? It keeps the workplace exciting and fresh. It makes coming to work... Every day, a brand new experience. Now, if I could just come to church in a different vehicle every day, I'd really be happy. Really. But I treat it like a new one. You don't have to be a baby to act like one. There's a little kid in all of us. Sometimes he wants to come out so bad, and we kind of hold it in. There's a little kid in all of us, and it doesn't matter if you're 20 or you're 70. You've got to let that little child come out. Don't squelch it. Don't hold it back. I can still see my mother, 76 years of age, last time she visited us, and she's on the trampoline. My backyard, I'm so worried about my mother. Jerry, just relax, just relax. Yes, Mom, but you're like 50 feet in the air. No. Oh, maybe dizzy. I want to be like my mom. I remember I forget going to a theme park one time and I saw these dear seniors. They got to be in their 80s. And they got on this ride called the Detonator. I'm in line and they're just like a big cylinder shoots them up. The whole crowd cheered for them. They came down with a big smile and their gray hair was standing up like this. What a riot. Be like a child. Let loose. Oh, don't be so sophisticated, Gary. When people lose hope, when people and Christians lose their faith, when when believers lose the joy and become depressed, the best thing they can do is start over where you began. Go back to adventure land. That's what God said to Elijah. You're depressed. You just came off this incredible experience of Mount Carmel, and this woman's chasing you now, and you're in the backside somewhere, and you're, you're under a tree, and you want to die. Yeah, I want to die. I'm depressed. You know what God said to him? God said to Elijah in verse 15 of 1 Kings 19, Elijah, start over where you began. Go back in your mind. Remember the miracles. Remember Mount Carmel. Remember the incredible things I've done through you. Remember what it was like when a marriage is on the rocks. Start over where you began. 
date. Hold hands. Look in each other's eyes and notice what the other person is wearing. Sometimes after you've married 20 years, you don't even know what, they, what they're wearing. Take a look. Notice. Comment. See, some people say, well, it's not, do, it's not there. Do the actions. If you do the actions, the rest will follow. Maturity can actually kill marriages. We get so sophisticated. Well, they know I love them. Have you told them recently? No, but they know. No, tell them. Say something. Remember when your wife sprayed you with water? The front yard? Your first marriage? You squirted straight in the face. I said, you laughed. Try it 20 years later. (laughs) You know something? I'm preaching to myself, I know. Let her try it 20 years later. Tell you, man. There'll be a different expression on your face. <laughs> Remember when you were first married and your wife went shopping? And you drove her to the store and she came out three days later. And you said, that's okay. I had some work to catch up on. You were okay with that. Now she goes for 10 minutes. You're yelling at her. What's going on here? Let's get going. Where are we going? I don't know, but let's go. We're in a race. We don't know where we're going. Well, remember when you walked down the aisle, butterflies, start over where you began. We need a first time around mindset in everything we do and everything we say. We don't have to be a passenger on the space shuttle to go, wow. We don't have to go on a roller coaster to go, wow. You can just treat every day like it's a fresh new day, which it really is, and don't let anything become common, and everything just like it was the first time, just like little babies do. Just like it was the first time. My dog, Roxy, teaches me many, many things. One of the things she teaches me is that she's happy to see me on the tenth time in one day, as she is the first time. She's happy to see me actually... When I open the back door into the garage, she's all over me, licks all in my face and all that, and we just have a great time. And then I can close the door, and I'll go to the back, to the barbecue. She runs around, and she's happy to see me again. So the whole thing goes all over again. Wow, I want to be just like Roxy someday. Dogs can teach us lots of things, but that's another sermon Now take the potato chip. Take the potato chip. Take one bite. Mm. Just excuse me for one moment. There's nothing like... I've been eating potato chips long as I can remember. But there's nothing like the first potato chip. Isn't that true? Nothing quite like it. Melts in your mouth. The first potato chip is like none other. None other. No matter how many cars I go through, I've gone through so many since I was 16. But no matter how many cars I go through, each one is just 
like the first one. 1966 Plymouth Belvedere one. Nothing. Special, just as special. I counted up this morning that I've been to 27 vehicle auctions in two years. 27. That's a lot. No, I don't buy, I go there. I just go for the experience. The excitement. And I go in there, my heart just racing. Mile a minute. Wow. I just love being around that crowd. Number, please. Sold, sold, sold. It's exciting. And it's just like the very first auction I've ever been to. My, my father would get a new car every three years. And he loved it. Just like the first car he'd ever gotten. And I'd go, and I'd be looking for my father. Mom, where's dad? Well, he's out in the driveway sitting in his new car. And there he is. I look out the window. He's sitting in the driver's seat. Next time I look out, he's sitting in the passenger seat. Next time I look out, he's sitting in the back seat. And left and the right. Next time I can't see him. Where is he? He's gone. No, he's in the trunk. No, he would examine everything. He actually one time put a piece of cardboard you know, with a key ignition where you put your key in here, cut a little hole in a piece of cardboard and put clear tape over that and fastened it to the side of the steering wheel. I said, Dad, why is it there? He said, because in case I miss the keyhole, I'll strike the side and take the paint off. And I want to keep it. Oh, it's just like a little boy. He was just like a little. He taught me so much, my father. Do I miss him? Yeah. Just like a little boy. He was always just thrilled with life. Big or small. Every Monday when I prepare a sermon, it's, it's like the first one. Yeah, I plan well ahead, and, but I'm really not quite sure what it's going to be like until you get down to the computer and start putting it together. And so probably a Thursday before the Monday, I, I get formulating some other things that I may have planned maybe weeks and weeks ahead before that, but on the Thursday before the Monday, I put some other thoughts together so I know that I'm ready for Monday morning. Sunday night, there's other thoughts going through my mind, and I may jot them down by my bedside. But every Monday when I put my sermon together, it's just like the first sermon. It's exciting. God, what are you going to show me today? What new things am I going to discover to not just preach but to practice? The butterflies and the joy of preaching every Sunday. You can't, there's nothing that compares to it. It's just like the first sermon. The privilege and the marvelous experience of being able to encourage and build up the church. And it's just like the first sermon, just like the first time. Remember the first time that you... As a child, you discovered your hands. You pulled these things out. You didn't know what they were. You were wrapped up like this for nine months, and suddenly you're free, and you're, what are these? And you say, wow! What a wow factor thing. And then you discovered, man, this fits right in my mouth. My thumb. And then you discover that you can scratch somebody. You discover that, don't little children pull hard on your hair? They just yank. Wow. Parents and adults, can you do that wow thing again? Every time is the first time. If you will live by that lifestyle, it will transform you. Just perfect it. Remember the first time you discovered that Jesus 
loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you were so thrilled with that that you gave him your life. Now it's 20 years later. Are you still excited about salvation? Go back to where you began, if not. Remember your first ministry in the church, and you were so thrilled to be asked, and you so depended upon God, and you called upon him, and you were humble, and you were seeking him. If you're not excited about ministry again, go back to where you started. Remember the first person you led to the Lord Jesus Christ? That God opened up the door, you walked through it, and you said, here's what I have experienced. Jesus has taken my sins away. Jesus has made me new. Jesus has made me thrilled to be alive. And they said, I want what you've got. And so they accepted Jesus in their heart. And you went home, pounding. Your, your heart was beating. You told all your friends what happened. Still feel the same way 20 years later? Start over where you began. Remember the first time you walked through the doors of our church and there was someone there with a big smile. And of course, there was coffee on. and You had a nice cup of coffee. People accepted you. People embraced you. Remember what it was like. Don't ever let church and the church body ever become stale and stagnant. Treat it like it was the first time. Go back. Remember when you first attended a small group. You wanted to make friends. And so you got together with eight or ten people. And you got to make brand new friends. And you were excited about that. Start over where you began. Remember when you discovered that it's more blessed to give than to receive? You, re- you read the scripture. You said, yes, it, it, it's true. This is what Jesus is saying. And so you began to give out. You discovered that whenever you gave out, God would give so much more back. You discovered that whatever you need, you need to first give it away. So you give away love. And you get love. You give away friendship. And you get friends. You give praise to God. And God fills you with his Holy Spirit. Start over where you began. I close with this. If life has, has become boring, if life has become stagnant to you, if misery has taken over your joy, and you're here this morning, you say, I have no joy. If complaining has taken over your praise, if a negative attitude has taken over a positive attitude, take the first time challenge. Start over right where you began. Allow the Lord to take you way back so you can go ahead. Fact, you will grow old. You have no choice. But it is your choice whether you really want to grow up or not. That's your choice. Be like a baby in your praise. If you're like a baby in your praise, it'll be perfected praise. Be like a baby in life and you will live life to its fullest. Nothing will ever become common to you again. And guess what? When it's all said and done, you breathe your last breath, you will leave a legacy behind. And that's what we all desire. Leave a legacy. Stand with me. Lord, this morning we have been conscious of babies being our teachers. And we confess that there are times that we as adults, we feel like we have secured the right and the time. And we have the years in to be the teachers. But God, this morning you're, you're reversing it. You say, when it, no, no, when it comes to praise... 
when it comes to worship, when it comes to uncluttered minds, the babies are your teachers. And so, God, we hear them running around the church, and we thank you for them. Downstairs in our nursery right now, some are sleeping, some are running around, some may be crying. Oh, though those are precious little ones. They're just so spontaneous. And so, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning that you would create that same kind of a mindset that little children have. Perfected praise. And everything just like it's their first time around. So nothing would ever become common again. So that people see the smiles on our face. Regardless of what kind of circumstances they've got to face in life. Teach us, Lord. We want to be good students. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing a concluding song, if somehow you need ministry today for whatever need you might have, we want to close the service by giving you opportunity to make your way down to the front the altar and we'll pray for you for whatever need you might have we'll lift up your need before the Father so prayer teams you can begin to come as Pastor Vern leads us and then you as well as you have a need just come and we'll pray together and agree